0: This,
1: this, this, this,
0: this is mythical. Earbiscus is supported by Live Nation. Live Nation presents Concert
1: Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows.
0: That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, yeah. Alanis Morissette, okay. Cage the Elephant. Why not? Janet Jackson, Megan Trainor, Peso Pluma? Sean Paul, Some
1: 41, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit livenation.com slash concert week to buy now. That's livenation.com slash concert week to buy now. Ramble. Before we get started, we wanna let you know that we got some tour dates. We wanna invite you to take it up and come see us for a night of unpredictable comedy and harmonious music. How does that sound, Rhett? That sounded really good, I might go to the show. We're gonna be singing and talking to each other and like, who knows what else is gonna happen but it's, sometimes it involves uh, weird get-ups.
0: Well every show's different, we never know what's gonna happen. We're
1: gonna be in Las Vegas June 21st, Salt Lake City June 22nd, Denver, Colorado, June 23rd, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, June 25th, Indianapolis, Indiana, June 26th, Detroit. June 27th, Omaha, that's in Nebraska, June 29th, Minneapolis, Minnesota,
0: June 30th. And then later in the year, we're gonna be in Houston, Texas on September 4th, New Orleans, September 5th, Birmingham on September 6th, Jacksonville, Florida on September 7th, Tampa, Florida, September 8th, Albuquerque, New Mexico, November 20th, Phoenix, Arizona, November 21st, Sacramento, California, November 22nd, and Valley Center, California on November 23rd. Again, these are all the dates for the rest of 2019 and most likely for quite some time. So if you wanna see us,
1: now's the time to tick it up. RetinLinkLive.com. Now on with the biscuit.
0: Welcome to Ear Biscuits, I'm Link. And I'm Rhett. This week at the round table of Dim Lighting, we are exploring the question, were the 20s the best years of our lives? Now we didn't live during the 1920s. It's like when the we were in our, 20s. When we were in our 20s,
1: was that the best time of our lives? Have we peaked? Did we peak long ago, That's turns That's a different out. question. Was it, I think best and peaked are two totally different questions. And, oh, well it's, it sounds uh, like you're already answering the I, question. I have lots of thoughts on Best, and what? I think it has lots of implications for how. Well, I, I don't want to spoil it. What about your best peaks? Uh, do are we going to get back into which kind of peak you're talking about again?
0: <laughs> uh, I, no. I do need to acknowledge that my voice is otherworldly. It's very, you know, is it very DJ esque? I feel like it's yeah. So Link's still a little under the weather, but I actually maybe I've adapted to your voice. Maybe maybe this is the new you. I I don't hear it anymore. I know it's like I'm still having this. Head cold thing. Is this me for? Is
1: this permanent
0: link? Well, you know what I've is this been. Per, am I? Is this my permanent link? I've been, <laughs> I've been in a constant state of feeling like I'm getting what you have. Um, I mean, I've done things like I haven't been going of to work out. You're I've been, in I've a constant state of getting everything. That's that's called being a hypochondriac. No, no, but it's I've got I have physical symptoms. Yeah, I have that slight headache, slight sore throat, from very slight But you know
1: I think I'm gonna be okay. Well when we were riding in the car, I mean if I encounter anybody I'm like don't touch me, don't touch me, it's for your own good and then we're in the car and I'm like don't touch me but I'm touching stuff in your car and then I noticed that I finished my coffee and I put the coffee down and then uh, you adjusted the temperature gauge on your car, whatever it's called, your temperature dial. You wanted it to be cooler, my friend. And I couldn't help but notice, and I did point out that as you were touching the temperature dial, your finger was rubbing up against the my coffee lid where my mouth goes. Yeah, because you got this
0: big ass thermos you take I, everywhere. I'm like, like why, do you, why does it have I'm to be like, so big? Why do, you, why, do you, do you, why do you need so do Why does it gotta so be much my coffee? thermos's fault? Well, it's your, your thermos is your finger so big on the, that it was blocking the temperature controls. It's tall, man. There was no way to, to adjust the temperature without touching your m- mouth hole on your thermos. Everything's bigger with the Linkster. <laughs> I'm like Texas.
1: <laughs> I'm like Texas, man. I think you're just compensating for something. Um, uh, yeah, I, I like to drink coffee, homie. And listen, I was the gracious, you never would have even known that your finger was touching my mouth place on my coffee mug, D- you know? I don't say mouth place. <laughs> Just don't use that terminology. I, and then you, yeah. did you sanitize? I have since sanitized. Did, I wonder what you touched on yourself after
0: you touched my mouth I'm post. actually, uh, I've gotten, I don't know, I don't know if there, anybody's got video evidence of this but I feel like I've gotten better at not touching my face. So you don't know if people have video evidence of you not doing something? Like that's
1: that, <laughs> yeah. that's not how evidence works. No, no you don't. You, you, you it's don't like understand. I'm gonna like I'm gonna present reams of video, and in none of this video for the next you're two mis, weeks, you're
0: misunderstanding. I think everyone you are is not gonna see along. me touch myself. So if I if you have you know approximately a decade, and more specifically about seven years of a daily show of a person being themselves in their natural environment, that natural environment being a desk that he shares with another man. (laughs) That natural environment, Rhett, is a set. Um, How do you reconcile that? I'm there so much that it's my natural environment. Okay, it's not really a basement. My theory is, and I don't, listen, don't do this because I don't want anybody to do this, but my theory is that my frequency of touching my own face has decreased over time. Sure. Because I just feel like I've become more conscious. Now I'll touch the, the hair. You touch the That's top not, of the head. This isn't the face. In fact, the face begins where the hair ends. They call this. I heard somebody call this like the golden triangle or he's something po- like that. He's pointing was, at his mustache. It was. It, I don't know if it's your and eyes, if can't your hear mouth. Him, he's calling it a golden triangle. Your eyes, your mouth, and your nose. But it's basically a, an ungodly a, a high percentage of, of the crap that will make you sick goes in through this place. Yeah. It's not like you're getting a cut somewhere and getting a cold, I mean it does happen, but it's, it's going in through the golden triangle. I don't know <laughs> if that's the term. What is the constellation that forms this golden triangle? Your two eyes in your mouth? It might be your two nostrils in your mouth. Well, that's not really a triangle though, that's more of a trapezoid. But your eyes have holes, your eyes are holes. Your eyes get stuff too. Don't hey, touch your face. let's not forget eyes, they get stuff too, guys. <laughs> I
1: believe that I touch my face less. I touch my face when I think. <laughs> Have I touched about my face yet, germs? How often do you touch your face? A lot, man. I'm sick, dude. No, no. When Lily you're not sick. Lily gave me this, and I don't think she was touching my face. I probably, I don't know. I sometimes I'm doing that dad thing where like, wouldn't it be funny if I tr- acted
0: like I was p- poking you in the eye? I probably poked my daughter in the eye for the fun l- of it. Let me just say and that's I, not a dad thing. Like no other dads do that. Just just speaking I'm a for dad. Speaking for, I'm all, speaking for all, all, one all, dad. all other dads. Hey, I'm gonna poke you in the eye. That's not a thing that dads do. I, just like- What do you mean? Graze it. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, again, I don't it, remember doing it. it. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, it seems weird for me to say, oh, I, I, touched, just touched, my my face. I touched my daughter's I face. I just touched my face, I'm very conscious of it. Yeah, you did. I touched my beard, is that part of the triangle? I think yes. that's just outside of the triangle. Below the triangle. You can, went over the mouth. Can bacteria go up these hairs and get into what the mouth? What is happening?
1: Did we both just get, are we really caffeinated? This is a different ear biscuit. You never know what you're gonna get. We,
0: well, we've had an interesting day. We've traveled, we traveled to the west side. It's so, been It's always, always a yeah. little bit exciting we, to we see ate, the other side of Los Angeles. We ate brunch out? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, okay, so tell them about, tell them about the, <laughs> the lobby. Okay, And then so, tell them about the brunch. Yeah, we had quite a day. Uh, the first, so this was the two of us and Stevie uh, going to a meeting, you know, we're always meeting with people. Tell them what the meeting's about. Uh, the meeting is about making something awesome into something even better. <laughs> but different. On another medium. Um, it's about something we really wanna happen, we really want you to see and. Because we wrote it and we knew we wanted it to be on television.
1: I mean I don't know why we can't talk about this. Uh,
0: but I, let's not, I haven't, thought, I, I haven't thought about it but yeah. you just talked about it. Yeah, I don't think there's any reason not to talk about it. If we think it. about it, there might be a reason not to talk about it but I think that's stupid. Well, you know what we're talking uh, about. But in this particular place that, see, This is the reason that I didn't wanna say what the meeting was about because now I'm gonna give characteristics of the lobby of the place that we were and now people are gonna know where it is. When you tell the people, when you tell the listener what it is we
1: experienced, then it will be clear to everyone involved that the people who made the decision for the thing to be there
0: wanted us to talk about it. So we are exonerated. That's not exactly what I was getting at but it's cool. Um, They have a koi pond in their lobby. And for all, uh, if, in every other way, it's a pretty nondescript lobby. There's not anything. It's, it's not big. Like sometimes you go into like, I don't know if you've ever been into the lobby of CAA, the uh, agency, the talent agency. It's not our agent. That, not our agent, but I have been it's in like, the lobby. Kinda like not a sponsor. I, I do visit other lobbies. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a lobby connoisseur. Now if you visit other agents, our agents are gonna start getting shaking in the boots. No, no, I, it was, it was, it, I just went to look at the lobby. And <laughs> also, I'm also a foyer connoisseur. Uh, any you know sort of like the beginning of going into a building, whether it's a yeah. home or a building, I'm really into. None of this makes you a douche. Go ahead. Uh, but the uh, this lobby was rather unimpressive, except for the fact that they had a koi pond. Now I will say, when you
1: hear uh, uh, Rhett say they have a koi pond, I would venture to guess that you picture like a foliage draped environment with. Uh, like a dark water with some sort of sediment at the bottom like a pond and you would be wrong. But I wouldn't blame you for it because that's what I would picture. Matter of fact, even when he said Koi Pond just then, I still pictured it even though I was there and that's not what it was. It's pretty much just a, a, a sort of a rectangle in the, the middle of a floor. It was like the the tile that made up the floor, then if you went down a foot and a half and then you laid more of that same tile. It was very modern.
0: But you think the koi need more than that? I felt, what I immediately the, felt sorry for the koi. Well, what brings a koi joy? Do you know? Koi joy. Right, you got me. I don't know. I believe that koi joy is found in just being koi. Let's come back to that. Uh. So it's just a square area with uh, approximately 420 gallons of water. But of course, things like koi ponds and lobbies usually aren't the kind of thing that we cannot experience and then not begin asking questions to whoever's closest, which happened to be the the woman who was manning the desk. We uh, had I, a good I guess meeting. She was womaning the desk. We
1: had a good meeting. So after the meeting, we were kind of flying high, and Stevie went to the bathroom. So we're just. We're just
0: mulling around. I'm like, hey. Two old men with their hands in their pockets looking at koi. And I'm like, hey, receptionist. I didn't call her that. I just said, I just was like, hey, um, you responsible for these koi? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, she said, well, yeah. I mean, if one of them jumps out. What? One of them. If one of them jumps out. Okay. Don't get paranoid, lady. She was like, well, I said, does that happen? She says, yes, it happens. And they're very slippery. And so that's when, and then she picks up the mail, like little tray, the tray, the the cage kind of mail tray, and she's like, and, and like that's, a like a basket, like a wire like a basket mail basket, basket that you hold letters. She's like, I just put that, I put that on top of the koi, and I pushed the koi back into the koi pond. So it's not a mail tray; it's a koi pusher. I got koi
1: pushers, koi catcher. It's a koi catcher. It's a koi catcher that brings me joy. The weird thing she said was. Yeah, so sometimes like big trucks will go by and then they'll get kinda agitated and they'll jump out. Wouldn't what? you? <laughs> I don't
0: know, I, I, as if I didn't feel sorry enough for these koi. Eh, but just think about it, you're, you're just a koi, you don't know, think about how, lo- that's why they're jumping out. They wanna see what the heck is driving by. It's yeah, like, I don't think they want. You don't think they have wants? <laughs> I don't think well, they have well, wants well, or joys. Why do you have so much, so much of a clear idea of what a koi needs? Do you own one? Well, we had friends who house sat for a couple that had a bunch of koi. You know this, Rhett? Yeah, and all the koi died because somebody did something stupid with the water. And who was sad? Well, none of the koi were, because they all died. Bingo.
1: <laughs> How much he, he had to pay? Like seventy five thousand dollars. Koi are very koi.
0: expensive fish, especially if they're old and rare. But she they can p- live like one hundred eleven years. Yeah, something like that. Sometimes koi will be left in someone's will. Uh, yeah because Koi outlived the boys. Uh, after the Koi Pond. I'm pushing ex- it a little too hard. Though. The Koi Pond excursion. Trying to make a t-shirt or we, something. We, uh, we, we had a little bit of time before our next uh, appointment. Lots of appointments today and so we got a little brunch and we needed a quick bite but we wanted to be a little bit fancy and so for the first I'm time. Yelp. First time ever, we go to, well okay. I'm not gonna say the name of it because that's really what makes this story funny. So we decide on this place that is a chain restaurant that serves breakfast and coffee. Well, it's like Panera, but it's a little fancier. Yeah, you should spell it. It's French. It's French. Well, it's it just it, it in French it's Q- the pickle bread or something like that. Q U O No, L E space P A I
1: N which is that's bread in French. Yep. yep. And then another word, Q U O T E D I E N E. Q U O T I D I E N. Yeah, yeah, I was I was close enough, Jacob. I just got two <laughs> letters wrong.
0: <laughs> so, there's a parking garage underneath this particular establishment because there's multiple stores or restaurants. So we go downstairs and the woman like the the, the parking attendant stops us. She says, "You're driving." <laughs> she says, where are you going? And I froze because I don't know how to say this place. And of course, Link leans over and says, <laughs> "La Pain don," <quantité. laughs> just like that. "La panqueta don." And I was like, "What language was that?" I, well, I was just so enthusiastic <laughs> because I was like, "Ooh, ooh, I know the answer <laughs> to this." "La pain don." No, you did not say it. You did not say it in a French accent. You said it in a, some La other pain. accent.
1: Quantidon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't being funny.
1: But it was I w- funny. I, was, I knew the answer.
0: And we needed to park. And I then said, we all started laughing, well me and Stevie started laughing, and you laughed, and uh, the, the the parking attendant woman sort of smiled and I said, hey, you know, they really need a new name for that place, and she said LPQ. LPQ. And that's what they call it, there they call know. it there, they call it LPQ because they don't, so they don't have to say La Pan Quantidon. Oh man, it it feels good to say it. Yeah.
1: It gives the Koi joy. (laughs) La Panquante. So we have had quite a day. The the menu was um, very promising and the Yelp reviews were like, there was like, there were like over 700 Yelp reviews in this place. And it had over four stars, like almost four and a half it, stars. Well, it wasn't.
0: It wasn't bad. It's just, and then it wasn't good. Well, it was. It wasn't bad. The menu made me think, made me get really excited, and then I just didn't feel like it completely delivered on the menu. Also, the coffee mug had no handle. I I so looked I had over, to, so I had to.
1: This chick was over there drinking her coffee, and she was holding it like a like a treasured bowl that you would like. Like serve uh, the king. Oh yes, the, the monarch <laughs> needs to drink of this or something. The pope would like use ceremoniously. Like that's how he she was. She was bringing it to her lips. And then you looked over at me. And I was like, me. why is she doing that? And I was doing the same <laughs> You're thing. You were doing the same thing. Cause you don't feel like I you can. I think that's what a Quintadon is. You don't is. feel like you can
0: grab it with one hand. What is a Quintadon? You said it was pickles. I know and you fell for it. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, but, I got you on, the whole,
1: but, my, my whole day you've been thinking a Quintadon is a pickle. Yeah I know but here's
0: the thing. Cause it was on his plate. you. That's not the. That's not the kind of thing you joke about. Just to be just honestly, like that's the kind of just thing because I you joke felt about. For it, <laughs> no, no. Like you usually. Oh, this is your type of joke. No, no. You don't normally do purposely deceptive humor. Like that's the kind of thing I like tell my kids. Is like you know the quantity don't <laughs> it means pickle. <laughs> and so you typically know French because like you. I typically do. Yeah. No, it's funny. We both took three years of French, right. but you retained a significantly higher a well, portion than me. Je mange les haricots verts. French for the daily bread. Is the whole name of the restaurant. The daily bread. Quantidon means day, daily. Okay. okay. Man shall not live by bread alone. It doesn't mean the, the bread and pickles, sorry. And if you were to rewind and
1: re-experience this ear biscuit, you would hear at the top, Rhett gave a shout out to pickles. The pickle <laughs> bread or something like that. Because he was falling for my joke. I, and that
0: really gave me coy joy. That was, but That's you, why it, you do it. It's quite a long play. Exactly. <laughs> Um okay so I I feel like I can still recommend the restaurant just personally I would say that I th- I think you should try it but I do think that you should say LPQ just to not embarrass yourself unless you're French when you go to a re-
1: a French restaurant do you order by initials? Do you give it a shot?
0: I no I'm a CPK
1: California Pizza Kitchen. Yeah.
0: That's French, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: Apartments.com has more rental listings than anywhere else, so finding the perfect place is easier than ever and so is finally moving in together, just the two of you. It's a big step. Lots of new responsibilities, lots of adjustments.
1: Most likely, they'll wake you up at odd hours to go to the bathroom.
0: And you'll most definitely find yourself in trouble coming home late for dinner. They may even unroll all your toilet paper next time. It's just what happens when you two find a new place together.
1: But you're not doing it because you feel like it. No, you're doing it because you love them, because they're family. And that's why Apartments.com has more pet friendly rental listings on the internet. Did you know that's what we were talking about? Pets. So, that you and your furry family can find
0: the perfect new place together. Apartments.com, the place to find a pet friendly place. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's start with a question from Annie, known as Celestial Link. I guess that's in reference to you Link on Twitter. Yeah, if I weren't me,
1: I would still devote my entire Twitter experience to me.
0: If you could that would go- That my choice as well. If you could go back in time, and bring <laughs> one current invention with you, which you would be credited for inventing, what would you bring and why? So you go back in time, you can take something with you uh, and you will be credited with inventing it. Is there a size
1: limitation on this time traveling device? Let's say no. I would say no. Uh, I have a specific answer that then leads to a more general and powerful answer. You know I'm gonna do it in reverse. I have a general answer but then I have a more specific can I just answer, you wanna go first? No, I'm interested, I do have an answer, but now I'm very intrigued. I would take, um, back in time, I would take an aerobi. You remember the aerobi? I do, finally. Uh, when we were in college, we could not be satisfied with a normal spinning, flying projectile that you can throw and catch in the in the little grass patch beside your apartment, no, we had to get the The world's longest flying device that can be thrown from hand to hand. We had to get the aerobi. A it's a quite an amazing E-R flying disc. For flying ring. For those of you Googling this. The flying ring.
0: Um, they make a boomerang version as well. They make two different sizes, maybe three different sizes.
1: It actually comes back to you. Uh, but they do not float. They will fly a long way. They will uh, sink in water. And now. they will sink in water because we've lost, we've lost a few aerobis in some ponds.
0: And not and just ponds, they fly so far. Sometimes they would just go into the woods and we would never, ever find them Let me again. tell
1: you some of the most exhilarating experiences I think we ever had were just getting so far from each other that we were questioning whether we were still looking at our friend. Yeah. And chucking this arowbee and then just seeing it soar and then the thrill of seeing that person catch it. Mm. And I got to hand it to us, man. We were good at. Throwing in a We weren't great at catching it, though. Well, it's not hard to catch it. We were good at catching it. If you don't catch it, it's pointless. And it's it kind of like fails. It, it
0: catches the wind and sort of like hovers. And, and you and think,
1: whoa! You'd think you were about to catch it, and you'd be right here with your hands like splayed out in front of your face. And then all of a sudden, when it was like five feet out and rapidly approaching, it just it would catch a breeze like a hawk going over a canyon.
0: Yeah. Like catching a thermal,
1: a, a thermal, and it would just it would take off and it would go another four hundred yards, it felt like. Well, it felt it, like. It'd go another thirty eight yards. Well I it, would take one of those back and no, time. There's
0: no place in Los Angeles to throw one of these. There's no open space large enough.
1: The reason why this is top of mind is because Lando we had we had some unstructured time where we were hanging out a couple of weekends ago and I was like, Whatever you want to do, bud, let's do it. And he was and his answer immediately was I want to go buy
0: a tether ball. That was his answer. Yeah, this is a child that is used to not having a lot of space. So he Needs went. Needs a ball tied to a pole. <laughs> right. That's its idea of fun. They do it.
1: They play tetherball at, at school and he fancied himself uh, a semi-pro.
0: Now you didn't buy him one, did you? Hell yeah, I bought him one.
1: Okay. I asked him whatever he wanted, I'll do it. So I called the big five and I was like, do you have tetherballs? And they were like, yeah. Of course they do. So That's we, pretty much what they're known for. Tetherballs are <laughs> us, I think is what they used to be called. <laughs> they were like, yeah, we got those. So we go over there. I'm like, well, they only have one left. I was like, this woman was risking a lot and just like that snap answer. Well, it's like, probably been there for weeks. She, week. she should have said, we only got one left. You better get over here right now.
0: <laughs> I was like, Lando, okay. we're just snatch it, buddy, because yeah. you, you're buying the one tether ball people have bought in 2019. Like, okay, now call the factory. We got to get the we got to get another tether ball because they're coming I, in to get it.
1: As we were leaving with that tether ball, I saw a guy walk in, and I was like, I looked at Lando, I was like. He's gonna be disappointed. I knew, I could tell he wanted a tether ball. But before we checked out, I went past and they had an Aerobi and I was like, Lando, look at this. And I told him the story that I just told
0: you. Way better than a tether ball. And we also bought a $10 aerobi. They don't have the big ones though. Usually. Yeah, they do. Okay, yep. Okay, big you one. got a big one? Yep. Where are you gonna throw that?
1: Well, we went to the park and they had a tetherball pole. That's why he knew he wanted to buy a tether ball. Oh, you was-
0: didn't buy the pole on the base, you just bought the ball on the string. Right. Find your own pole. A legit pole. At the nearby playground, uh, bring your own ball and tether. There was no paw, ball
1: or tether there. It was just a pole.
0: Wow, what is the world coming to?
1: I know, man. You can't leave a tether ball hanging around. Someone's going to take that.
0: Oh yeah, just like rims, taking the rims off a of, off, of, off of a souped up Civic. Uh, interesting that you would take that. You would take an uh, rugby back. Uh, so you think that would gain you fame and fortune? Because that was kind of how I approached this.
1: No, uh, because. I think it would be cool and people would think I was awesome but then as I was like making the rounds, like selling tickets for like my exhibitions of throwing the aerobic and whatnot, and um, I would also educate the people about the aerodynamic design which would then lead to the invention of the airplane wing because I would go back that far in time. Oh. Cause you know, even on the Aerobi packaging, it talks about how it achieves lift like a wing because of the the way the lip is designed, I believe. So I would actually go back in time, I was gonna just say I was gonna take a wing of
0: a plane with me. Yeah but then the, the Wright brothers would have invented a giant Frisbee and we still wouldn't be flying. <laughs> You'd probably screw the whole thing up, you <laughs> know well, what I'm saying, it's like, all right, no, Orville, <laughs> Well, I can trash the plans. I can tell by There's your- There's a man with a flying disc. I
1: can tell by your ridicule that you are tracking with my statement. So would you take it to the, the Wright brothers? I would, I would pre, pre-live the Wright brothers. I would be there in, ni- ni- in, in the 18, late 1800s. Why don't you just skip the aerobic
0: and go for plane? I already answered that. Okay. but The wow factor,
1: I two think, for one.
0: I think the wow factor of inventing aviation, because who invented the aerobi In this universe. That's because the plane already exists. Do you know existed. his name? No, you don't. Well, if the
1: plane didn't exist, then you would know his <laughs> name. And that's when I'm going back in time with an Aerobi to yeah. invent
0: flight. I took a different tack. Um, I would. This is a difficult thing to take back. I admit that I would take public storage back. <laughs> what? Oh, you greedy bastard! Okay, so I see where you're going with a, this. The guy who invented public storage is a guy named Brad Hughes. He is worth 2.2 2 billion dollars. Good gosh! In 1980, he all he did was nothing. No, the story goes like this, my friend. He needed to store some stuff and he had a warehouse and it was completely full and he was like what am I what am I going to do and he came up with the idea what, for what he called private storage which actually makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah, it does. But then when he took it to market he had changed it to public storage. Market for marketing reasons? I don't know. So he is the still he's like 85 years old. The dude's worth two, over 2 billion dollars because he just came up with the idea that they should be little Cubby holes for adults out in out in the world that you can just pay for, and no one thought of this until the eighties. I mean, take that Arobi. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. You just go back with a. I would go back with a. In fact, I'd probably go. My time machine would probably be the storage bin, and then I would just unsheath it and come out and be like, "This is not only a time machine. That's not really what's important. Put your stuff in here. <laughs> pay a monthly fee. Hand me your money." Now here's the other thing, because I also was thinking about the time period. You gotta go back to the late 1800s. Okay, okay, okay. Before antibiotics, I'm going back to (laughs) 1980, brother. Like you know what I'm saying? It's just like you basically have all the luxuries of modern times, there's less channels, first of all. You know what I'm saying? I take all my my storage money and I just cruise around in a boat, you could come with your aerobie. We could toss it on, I mean, my boat would be so big that you could throw a full-size aerobi on it. But flight wouldn't exist because I wouldn't have gone <laughs> back in time. Is that, okay. So they're not mutually exclusive.
1: Um, you could also. I think public storage is like the one thing that the majority of people on Earth when polled could agree upon as being abhorrent. Like, there's just something about it. Yeah, but here's the thing.
0: That's like, you, don't even, you know
1: what? I'm having a negative response
0: to you, just you saying you don't, public but you do. Okay, how about this? Beanie Babies, that guy's worth 1.9 billion. Oh, is this your runner-up? And uh, you, all you have to do is take a Beanie Baby back and you could take that back to 1986 because that's when he invented that. That guy's a chump, man. But it's a lot easier to travel Stuffed with a Beanie Baby through time, in it. you know? So I, maybe I just see, you know fits, what you know at what least I would that do fits your brand. i take a, talking about beans. I'd take a storage bin full of Beanie Babies back, and I'd be like, "I got two ideas for you fools." It'd Be like, "Well, I got to get a lot of Beanie Babies before
1: I can justify this public storage thing."
0: I think we've answered that.
1: Shauna Brown asks, "Is it better to be knowledgeable or better to be ignorant?" In other words. Is ignorant truly bliss or is it better to have knowledge of something even if it means it can cause pain or chaos? I'd say a corollary question which we gleaned from Facebook from Megan Elizabeth Taylor. Yes, that Megan Elizabeth Taylor. Would you rather be a worried genius or a joyful simpleton? Is ignorance truly bliss? And Mm. how, how did you approach
0: this question? in your brain? I don't know your answer of course. Well I took it, uh, would I rather be the kind of, my state of being as a person would be someone who is knowledgeable about everything including the things that might potentially bring me anxiety and trouble. uh, Or someone who is just unawares of things that might bring worry. And so as someone who is at least somewhat knowledgeable about enough things to uh, bring myself anxiety and trouble. Uh-huh. Um, I would say that my my, my knee jerk reaction is to say that I, um, at, me personally in the current state, I like I want to know I want to know things. Like when we talked about the um, the simulation, well, I mean not, all of that well, stuff. Yeah, you yeah.
1: want to you want you you're always opting for knowledge. And we also we talked about the, are you uh, going the other
0: way? No, no. I'm talking. I'm saying me. This version of me. Wants to know things, including like you know we talked about this on twenty three and Me. I maybe we talked about this, but you can like basically check. Yes, I want to know if I've got the the, you know the predisposition to Parkinson's disease. Right? Do I have these specific genetic markers that lead to these illnesses? I, I actually don't know if that's
1: one specifically.
0: I don't know what they are, but. I checked all of those and looked at all the information. Like, as soon as I had the opportunity to, my instinct was just to look. So, right. But in
1: this, but in that's the not way how this I is framed, this. you're saying if you could snap your fingers and just be a different person, like different b- brain personality makeup, you would opt to check your intelligence at the door and walk in anticipating
0: that what you would be a happier. Person. Well, let me just say that I don't think that I'm unhappy. I don't think that I'm currently unhappy. But if I had to choose between, like that, the way that the second uh, question was phrased, worried genius or joyful simpleton, like if you're actually saying the state of the genius is that they're worried, or the state of the simpleton is that they're joyful, I would definitely choose joyful simpleton. And I wouldn't know what I was unaware of. You know, and so I'm. Yeah, you wouldn't know what you don't know. I'm all about that, man. I, I would definitely choose that if I had the
1: choice. I'm surprised by that. I just, I just, I just feel like that's really incongruent. I, I still don't get it. I, I just think I, I'm just trying to understand what you're saying. You, yeah, you're saying I'm you saying can, that meat right now. If there's
0: something to be
1: known, if if you'd in rather this, be you'd in rather this version happy, of me, it's basically would you rather be happy instead of knowledge, knowledgeable, it, you, burdened with
0: some sort of knowledge, or freed. To just be happy yeah and and I understand that this seems inconsistent with my answer about the like the simulation the matrix and like would you but the way I was thinking about that was is that I actually knew that there was a possibility that there was something else and I could experience it by unplugging myself from the matrix and then experiencing the real world yeah this you're so this is like ignorant I'm literally you do not know my mind you, in this sense would not be would not be able to comprehend anything that would bring me worry, that I'm saying, if the alternative is being able to comprehend those things and then bringing me grief, then I would choose the joyful simpleton. And if you're giving me these two choices. And I thought
1: that's what I would choose too, but the way that I immediately thought about it, I'm like, what What are situations that I would opt to not know about in order to, it like, because when people talk about ignorance is bliss, they're usually talking about a specific subset of knowledge, like related to something. Like, um, but then I tried to come up with what would be that thing that's burdensome that it would I would be happier if I didn't know about it. But then I'm like, well, climate change. Well, no, I mean it's it is I obviously I would rather know about that so that I can be engaged in being part of the solution, you know even though it, it weighs heavily on the mind. It's actually like creeping up constantly in the back of my mind and I think that's, I'm sure you would agree that's a good thing. You know, uh, we need more of that, more of that. Um, Concern, yeah. Yeah, just like a discomfort associated with this, this, the seething of our planet.
0: But I—but th- what try- if it was more personal? Okay,
1: so I, I, I have a personal example. Okay. Um, if you have a relative who they've got some indication that something's wrong with them, and then they they have tests done, and then they're waiting on the test to come back. And especially being like across the country, it's not like you talk to them every day or you see them. And it's like you know where were you yesterday? Oh, I went into the doctor. It's like they kind of have to volunteer this information. And yes, this has happened. And I think in, maybe we've talked about this, but there's an inclination to like say. I'm going to spare you the knowledge that I'm awaiting a test because we think something's wrong and it may be bad news. I'm going to wait until I get the results back, and then I'm going to I'm going to give those to you. And then I'm like, well, yeah, I understand that instinct. I too have that instinct. It's like I don't want to burden my mom with something that's happening when I don't really have answers or there's nothing actionable. Like just as an example, but I second guess that. You know, it's as another example. So then I'm like, I, I actually don't think that works because. You know you're denying their ability to love you through the unknown, and that's a and you know that happens in life, and no one should go through the unknown where they can only wring their own hands. you want to be able to hold hands with somebody, so to speak um so i that was my personal example that didn't work either, so I'm actually unable to come up with anything that I would well, rather not know when I approach it from that way
0: yeah, but I, I guess what I'm saying is is that you're approaching it from. This point in time, sure, with these life circumstances, so yeah, now, but can, now but can that you think of one, can you think of a practical example
1: within that way of approaching the problem? That's like actually, it's better not to know. No, and I think
0: we talked about this before. It's like, I, my tendency is to believe that knowledge about something like data related to anything is ultimately better, knowledge is power. Than than not having it than not knowing something because you're you're going to be able to do something even if it's like knowing when you're going to die you know, I don't know if you've specifically talked about that situation um but I think I would I think I would want to know I think I would want to know right but do, so
1: skipping back to the other way do you do you feel like you know or have known people who are more of the they're in more of an ignorant and blissful zone. I think, I, I, think
0: I know people that way.
1: Well, okay. Do you, do you wish you were one of those people? Because I think that brings it into
0: focus. No, because I'm not unhappy. What, what I'm saying is, this is how I interpret the question. Let's just say I'm in the ether. My soul is in the ether before I inhabit my next body. I'm okay. not saying I believe that this is how the world works. But you let's just say do. that this is how the world works. You wouldn't say it if. And whoever did. makes the decision about what body you end up in says, "Rett, I." Of course, they have the voice of Morgan Freeman, which I can't do. Uh, that uh, wasn't an, it, an impersonation of him. But I'm just going to. This is my voice, so I'll use that. Um, he says, "I'm going to give you a choice in this lifetime. Would you like to be a worried genius or a what is it? Joyful simpleton?" And I was like, those are my choices. Like if if I choose genius, I'm gonna be like a worried, tortured genius. You know? Uh like like Nietzsche. Or Lapin <laughs> Or you're going to be a, a joyful simpleton, meaning you're gonna be somebody who no one knows about. You're not gonna make any history. You're not gonna to accomplish anything that is Ooh. great in the Have eyes you seen of humans. Forrest Gump? Ha! Um, but you know, no. Forrest Gump was tortured. He was he was he was knowledgeable enough to be tortured about Jenny. Uh, so I'm talking about somebody who is just happy, but is may may need other people to take care of them. I don't know what they would might might need. I would choose that scenario if presented with those two options. Okay. But if it was just like, would you rather be ignorant or knowledgeable? I would choose knowledgeable. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna choose to be burdened let's,
1: and knowledgeable.
0: Let's, let's answer the question that we, we started this whole thing off with. Let's pay off that title. Uh, this is from Hannah Brooks. Unless it sucks and then we change it. Hannah Brooks asks, your 20s are the best years of your life, mm-hmm. in quotes, as if someone told her this. Do you agree with this? What were the best years of your life and why?
1: The 20s is, it's interesting because I usually think of it in terms of like middle school, high school, college, out of college, early, you know, married, married with, that's how I divide up my life. Married, then married with children. Yeah. And then I can also think about it in terms of our career and I can like start to put different strata in there. But like the 20s, that's the end of, that's like the tail end of college, right? Yeah.
0: Well, for us, it basically turned twenty-one as a the the end of college, getting yeah. married, and mostly everything that we did before we really became full-time YouTubers. I mean, it, you know what I'm saying? It's like it was before we had really found our uh, calling. Boy, to I, what we do, to what we kind of have settled into now. It was a, it was a bit of a strange time. It was a strange. figuring was, things out.
1: Yeah, and there was a lot of there was a lot of, it was high stake peril. You know, it was like, okay, what are we gonna do? Why are we gonna, you know, what the heck is going on? Um, cause I feel like, I'm tempted to say the best days of my life, you know, I'd be tempted to hone in on the college years, cause those were some great years.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, you got this budding freedom, you've got this uh, blossoming, Self discovery—it's almost falling on you like a, like a dump, like a dump truck. Mm-hmm. Like you're getting self discovery is being dumped on you. You're just getting buried in it. Yeah, that's that's exhilarating. Well, you know, you hold your breath and then you're like trying to breathe and get out from underneath it. And I
0: think the reason that adults will often say to young folk, uh, you know, really enjoy this time. Take it, you know, these are the best years of your life, and they may be talking about high school or college or whatever. I think what they're actually saying is, if I, with my knowledge and life experience and wisdom that I have get, that I have garnered in the years that I've lived, were able to go back yeah. to high school, or go back to college, oh man, I would just be able to do it right this time. But yeah, when but you're in the midst of it, you don't really understand, and this is every stage of life.
1: At, well, okay. So, just to unpack that a little bit, yeah, because basically you're you're not saying when I look back that was the best strata of my life that I'm experienced. I, I, well, I do is think it was you just wasted I... on the young is what you're saying. You're saying that if I could go back and redo it, I could most definitely make it the best time of my life that decade.
0: Well, and I and listen, I'm and not I'm not saying that I didn't take advantage of it and that I didn't take advantage of that freedom and I didn't. I specifically remember like that first week of college of like just coming back to my dorm room whenever I wanted to and thinking this is awesome. Having responsibility for just myself is really awesome. Now at the same time, I was really, not as much as you now that I I didn't even know at the time because you didn't really talk about it, uh, I was really concerned about my academics. I was especially a freshman, sophomore year, I was like super committed to studying and and making good grades and I do recommend (laughs) making good grades but I think I placed a little too much importance on that, honestly, I kinda got into a little bit better groove in my junior and senior year and, uh, but I, I think yeah, I do think they were the best years of my life in one sense.
1: Are you talking about, co- you're not talking about 20s though, you're talking about college.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, j- considering the nature of the discovery, the nature of like the fact that I we do think sit out and candidate. have these like philosophical conversations that you had never really had in high school, And really meaningful friendships that went beyond sort of the typical high school friendship, like true friends and independent living and independent experience with, like, being able to go off and say, "We're going to take a trip to somewhere. We're going to go camping together, us four guys or whatever." Yeah, those are things that there were so many firsts without any parental supervision. What that it was, and it's it's not awesome,
1: and not just and our lives were different because right out of college we got married, but like. When we were talking to Stevie on the way to that meeting, she was like, "Have you what was the show she asked us if we saw?" It was like um uh the it was about Dead Dead to Me. Dead to Me. It was like she was like, "Have you seen Dead to Me?" We're like, "No, I never even heard of it." She's like, "Well, it's 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 a good concept. I don't know how well it was executed, but it's binge-worthy." And I'm like thinking, "I'm you know, I'm not in my 20s, I can't, I don't sit around and just look for stuff that's only that's just borderline binge worthy. I've got like, I didn't jump down Stevie's throat, this is all in my brain, but I'm like, I've got children and I've got all the stuff that I'm doing within my own parameters. The only binging. I got a a bedtime.
0: The only binging that has taken place for me is those two days that I was on my back after the vasectomy. Right. You can really only get a vasectomy once. I might get my vasectomy reversed just so I could get it again, just so I can binge watch television. (laughs) (laughs) I mean that's literally the only binge watching I've done in 15 years. Stevie's still in her 20s, isn't she? No, she's 31, man. (laughs) Whoops, not in my mind. Well sorry Stevie.
1: (laughs) I just mean everybody everybody here is in their 20s in my mind. Okay, thanks for clarifying. Whoops. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I'm saying. So what's your point? My point is what is my point? My point is like the 20s are are the time for a lot of people where it's like they just got time to do stuff, but for us the 20s were we've thrust ourselves into marriage and thrust is probably not the best we've word. We've thrust we've been catapulted out of college and out from under like any sort of financial support that that our families or whatever offered. And now we're like, we're trying to make this happen. I mean, this was like a scrappy time. I mean, it was it was nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was talking about, you know, we both had our engineering jobs and we were hating them and uh, I wasn't realized I was hating them until you kept insisting on how much I should be hating it <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, man, you're right. Let's figure out something else. Let's get together one night a week and come up with comedy.
0: Yeah, comedy night. You know,
1: come up with the comedy. Um, then get up the next morning and Get to the spreadsheets. You know and like uh, Christy was teaching, she had a math degree and a, uh, she taught high school math, she taught geometry and junk like that and she was like going crazy, going nuts just trying to figure out how to teach high schoolers and she was only like four and a half years older than some teaching. of her students. Mm-hmm. She laid down the law the first day. She's like sending people out right and left. It was like it was carnage. But paddling him, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's she was a paddler. Spank me, Miss Neil. <laughs> that doesn't work. She didn't fall for that one. <sighs> but it, you know, and so we're both like putting our heads together and trying to figure out how how we survive.
0: You know, right? Like, but we, but. You look. I mean, I'm
1: house sitting for this couple. You look out of the country, and like we're taking care of a full grown Weimaraner?
0: Yeah, but you look back on those times with uh, nostalgia. No, I don't. I, I do. <laughs> I, I do. Well, anytime that there is th- that period, that scrappy was period, like first
1: year of marriage, I, th- me,
0: I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Well, let me just tell you the way that and she, Christy would say the same thing. You skip that. I well, you can't. I process this in this way. Okay, I'm 41, and. Uh, They're especially related to like personal health and I, you know, physical and emotional health are things that it isn't that I haven't cared about those things, but I have in the past, you know, decade or so, especially probably the past half decade, just getting older has sort of forced me to be like, "Ah, I've kind of got to get on top of this. And And I'll use my back as an example of something that has sort of, um, applied to a lot of different areas of my life. Yeah, talk about your back problems. So, like <laughs> um, I never did anything about my back in, when I was in high school and when I was in college. Never did anything in my 20s. Ne- didn't really do anything about them in my early 30s but when it became like, okay, this is gonna be a problem, like if I don't do something about this, I'm going to have, I- I'll be in a wheelchair someday. Like I will, I will have lifelong, I will be, di- I will be disabled I'm not not kidding. Like my back problems were that bad that if I didn't do something about them, I was going to be disabled. And um, so, and I started to do the things that I started to do and continue to do. And now it's like my back is healthier than it was when I was in high school in terms of the way that it feels and how often I have pain. Right. And that's like a daily struggle to continue to do the things that I need to do. But what I think a lot of times, I'm like, man. When I was 22 years old, like I had a 22-year-old's spine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like now I've got probably like a 60 year old spine because I didn't do anything all that time. And so the way I kind of process it is, yes, those were good times, but I've actually had, and again, the back is just an example of other things. Like again, I just started going to therapy last year. So I, it wasn't like there was some necessarily some acute problem. There were some things that kinda came up that led me to finally say, okay, yeah, I, I do need to go to therapy. But there was a lot of years where you I just. Think going think going blind was an acute problem? Yeah, I'm saying that was like one of the things that. Okay. Uh, that it wasn't going blind. You can listen to that podcast. But uh, it, there was an acute problem that kinda sent me over the edge. All that to say though is that I feel like now, the thing that I can't line up is caring about yourself and taking Actual steps to care for yourself and set that on top of youth. Like that would be an incredible thing. And maybe, maybe that doesn't happen because when you're young, you just don't feel a need to address these things in the same way. Yeah. You're, you're like, I got all, youth, I, I have got all yeah. my life.
1: Youth is wasted on the young. But to answer the question, are you saying that the 20s, or maybe you're saying college, either one, was the best decade of your life. Not, well, I'm not talking like retrofit it, I'm talking about just for what it was.
0: I think, and maybe this is just the futuristic, optimistic part of me, Um, I still always have a sense that I am entering into the best years of my life. Now mm-hmm. I, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying like if I, it didn't That's get much, weird, it didn't get much better. That seems weird to me in, it, a, in a good way. It actually. didn't get much, that much. it doesn't get that much better than what we I experienced in my 20s in college and all those cool memories or whatever. But there were things about me, the way I thought, the way I approached life and relationships, et cetera, uh, that I'm glad I don't still think and do the things that I do, did at the time. I like the me. That I am now more than the me that I was then, and I would hope that that is a progression that continues. I hope when I'm 50, I look back at 41 year old Rhett and I like I like the me now more than I like the me then. Like that isn't what else is life about, right? Now there's this uh, sort of sinking feeling that eventually age will become yeah. an insurmountable problem, and that no matter what you do. You're gonna die of something. You're gonna have chronic pain or whatever. Maybe there's nothing I can do about my back. Twenty years from now, who who knows? Not looking forward to that and answering those questions. But I'm just saying that. And I've told and I told this to Jesse. I was like, I think that my 40s are going to be the best years of my life. And then I think when I enter into my 50s, I'm hoping that my perspective will be. You know, I think my 50s are going to be the best years of my life. Yeah, I that's I've my already, attitude.
1: I've already ruled out the 20s, and I told you why. Okay. So I think for me. I think the nows, because I'm forty, you know. I, well, I, I don't think it was the '30s. I think, I agree. I feel like I'm in year one. You're in year two, of the best decade. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't. I think the '50s won't be as good. <laughs> hey, what about what about grand grandkids? Why, man? I don't think that. I don't think that's gonna help enough. I think our I'm our kids the,
0: are gonna be like fifty before they have children. That's, I think that's I'm what's the, gonna happen.
1: I'm the best, I feel like I'm the best version of myself that I've ever been. And I, I want to be an even better version of myself and I think I'm on that journey semi-aggressively and I think, that's a, I think that's a big part of, well that's a big part of what makes me satisfied is that I feel like I'm growing and, and knowing more about myself discovering more of myself and who I can be. Self-realization, I guess you call that.
0: Um, And I actually think that there's a, and I think we grew up with this, just, I'm sorry to interrupt, but to to, uh, add to what you're saying, I think that we kind of had this, and I feel like there's a little bit of an American ideal here to be like, you stay the same. He's the guy that he was when he was, I'm still the same man that I was when I was 20 years old. Still the same man, you know what I'm saying? And it's like I'm like, well, d- don't conf- don't don't confuse it with a southern accent. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm saying that I, I'm from the south, and I in many different ways that mentality was around me. Okay, and so that's how I'm characterizing it.
1: All right, that's fair. But
0: I'm not making a judgment about the south. I'm making a judgment about who I was and where I come from. And what I'm saying is that I believe that constant growth and constant change is actually a sign of health, Um, not stagnation.
1: Yeah, I mean, if it's the right kind of Of, change, yeah, of course. of course, change
0: in the right direction, but I'm like, what is life if it isn't change in the right direction? Like what, if you're not evolving in a certain direction. You're only dying, because you are dying, you might as well be growing
1: and living at the same time.
0: And the idea of settling into an a way of thinking and a way of doing yeah. as soon as i reach my adulthood and then just being that way forever now maybe you maybe you were enlightened at age 21 and you just stayed the same i'm not anywhere near enlightened but i'm just trying to move in that direction and so to me that's that's what life has become for me is being like oh this is what it's about it's about right here it's about this moment it's about moving in the right direction
1: yeah let me let me put it this way: You know, there's this, there's the phrase "live your best life," and um, I'm saying that to people constantly, <laughs> like strangers in the mall. And you stuff, and
0: Joel and, Olstein live your best life, Isn't Did I, he did he come up I with that? Think he has a book called "Live Your Best Life Now."
1: Oh, uh, okay. well, he added
0: "now." <laughs> you well, crap. You're
1: t- I'm I'm freaking deriving a Joel Olstein novel, not novel. Book.
0: Is it, it Olstein or Osteen? Who cares?
1: I don't care. Osteen. Osteen.
0: Well, you're talking about Olsteen. Ironically, <laughs> I didn't realize Osteen. that his
1: book was exactly what I'm saying, which is the, the, Live Your Best Life is something that you're constantly doing now. <laughs> I totally agree with this And guy. this is
0: when Joel Olstein walks in. <laughs> Fellas, I'm so glad. That you finally figured <laughs> you it fa- out. You finally figured it out. <laughs> come to my big old church. <laughs> We've got 700,000 people every Sunday.
1: I think you're mate, uh, you know, it's it's making a decision to say you know, you tend to focus on the future and like you put it in terms of in the future I want I want the future to be my best, but I want this week or this I maybe it's, I think it's unfair to say this day and it, depending on what you're going through, it might be this week or this month Just or say this now year. like Joel but I, I, I think having a mentality of uh, if if I know that I don't have plans this weekend, and I can either do I can either say well, you know I'm gonna do nothing I'm gonna let it come to me, I feel like for me personally, more often than not that's a mistake because it sets me up for not living my best life now. <laughs> but instead just kind of waiting for, it's like living for the weekend, it's like what about Wednesday? What's my best Wednesday? No. Or what it, if I am on the precipice of the weekend or if I'm thinking about it, it's like what's something that I can do that sets up, as we've talked about before in, in the context of the kids, what are some things that we could set up loosely, not grip too tightly, like the song goes, that will create the opportunity for an experience that could be the best of that? you know the best experience i could have this day and that may be sitting on the couch and binge watching whatever dead to me is that i'm never going to watch
0: by the way it's dead to you
1: but you know you know what i'm getting at it's like i do feel like yeah, you're talking about living your best life now <laughs> if i if you have a mentality of like all right i've got this i'm going to find some enjoyment or some
0: fill in the blank that brings some bestness to it yeah you're talking about your know. gratitude and mindfulness and yeah, I and I and that that is a challenge for me because I am a, I'm so future oriented. Um and so I was and a lot of people are past oriented. They're like, "Man, those were the good old days." Yeah. And and I
1: look back, I think you looked back and I do the same thing and that's like, "Well, if I would have known that I had the back of a 20-year old, I would have done things differently." I don't
0: know what the Yeah, and again, that's and like, there's a revisionist thing. And I it. can't do anything about I it. I don't have I don't have and if I sounded this way, I didn't mean to. I don't have regrets about it necessarily. I'm just happy that, you know, I'm happy that my wife made me go to, you know, a certain physical therapist who finally gave me the right information and one thing led to another and I'm doing things that are helping my back live its best life now. Are we doing, Are we just doing pop psychology, like vapid, empty pop
1: psychology here?
0: Uh, or is it just that I, simple? I honestly don't care if we are. If we are, who cares? If yeah, is it care. is it effective? Uh, does it make all it, we need is love? Does it make a Just difference? Throw that in there, Be- because you know we're our, we're pretty complex creatures, us humans, and our brains, and we've got like we've said before many times, and somebody else said it before me. We've got Stone Age hardware, and we're running modern day software on it, and it leads to a lot of different problems. And I think that. Um, you can live a life where you're constantly stressed out, and you there's a bunch of cortisol in your blood <laughs> at all at all times. Yeah. Or you can find some simple coping mechanisms that uh, help you get out of your own head and get out of your own way, separate yourself from your thoughts, and realize that you're not, you are not your thoughts. And um, you know, find some joy in the moment, and also look to the future with optimism. And I'm not saying that we have done this or are experts at it by any means. I think just what I'm saying is that uh, we spent a lot of time, we're so focused on accomplishing things and succeeding at things that I think a good portion of the last couple of decades of our lives have just been completely consumed with trying to succeed. We've had no time to stop and think about things like personal health and growth in many ways because we've been so focused on our career and just trying to keep up with things and, and, and trying to be good dads and good husbands and the things and the responsibilities that we feel like the world has put on us. But I feel like those sort of the one addition that has happened to me in the past few years and therapy has been the most um, tangible catalyst for this is just this sense of working on myself. And and it has made me, I, I the thing I told Jesse, it was like I feel just a lot more excited about the next chapter of my life. If I'm dividing my life into two halves and I'm kind of entering into the second half, um, I am approaching it with a lot more excitement, and not this sense of regret about what I didn't do, but more about what I what I'm going to get to do. And and of course, and it it could all fall apart, and I could face incredible disappointment and tragedy, and whatever it might be. But what I'm trying to do is get to a place where um, the external circumstances and the outcomes don't affect my well being as much.
1: And I, you know. I think a factor for me in being at this point is the fact that we've experienced the success we have. I feel like in my brain and in my heart, it's given me the space to then explore things that I didn't give myself permission to do. And I'm not proud of that. I think that's a lesson learned that, you know, I, I don't like turning this into something prescriptive. I just like sharing our own experience. So I'll keep this on myself and say to my past self, you know, I, in terms of, more self discovery and you know allowing myself that time for myself even though i was r- chasing after things and the reason why the 20s were such a perilous time was because we were scrappily trying to make things happen and it was i feel like there's an art to f- living your best life now in the midst of those things right mm. uh we just happen to be at a point where, you know, i mean, everything's not going great. I I mean, it's not, but um there's an art to that. Whatever life throws at you, there's still a there's still a there's still space for um there to be some bestness. And you deserve to have some bestness, you know? Um yeah. So I'll I'll leave it at that, but I think it's so I'm going to say not the 20s, the 40s. The 40s.
0: The 40s. The 40s and beyond are the best years of our lives. And Those with that. Were the
1: best years of our lives. I'm
0: going to leave you with a wreck. Uh, wreck, baby, wreck, baby, one, two, three, four. Wreck, baby, it's wreck, a, baby, one, it's two. A, it's a book that's made a big difference in, in my life. A uh, book. Joel Osteen's <laughs> Live Your Best Life.
1: <laughs> what, a, what a
0: coincidence. What is the Yeah. I had planned on recommending this. No, uh, I can't say that I would recommend that book. I don't know Joel, uh, haven't read the book. Um, good for you if you read it and you got something out of it. But what I, I <laughs> uh, actually was planning on recommending something else but I will do, I'm gonna recommend something I've recommended before but I'm gonna say it again, therapy. Oh, um,
1: did you just change your answer?
0: Yeah. It, oh. I actually had something else but I can save it because it was completely unrelated and um, I can use it for another time. Uh, I've talked about it before but I know that I thought that there was a stigma attached to therapy because I thought that you had to have an acute mental issue in order to um, go to therapy, but to me, if you wanna use the analogy of a car, I think that um, the idea of like, I don't take my car in, man, until I got a problem, (laughs) you know what I'm saying, man? But I think uh, if you want your car to continue to run clean, you want it to be trouble-free, you take it in for the scheduled maintenance, man. And the scheduled maintenance of your- You can your... watch my daughter on The View or whatever <laughs> she's on. And the scheduled uh, the scheduled maintenance of your body, there's an, there's an interesting dichotomy that somehow in our culture we have this huge mind-body split uh, and we're like, yeah, I got a problem with my knee. That's something I can talk to my boys about. I know that I'm characterizing everyone who's ignorant is with a southern accent and I'm just doing it because that's where I'm from. Well, I just are, think that was George Bush and those And those are, those are the kinds of accents that I do. But uh, trust me, I'm a redneck at heart, so I've got nothing against that. Uh, but the idea that you can talk freely about your physical problems, but when you get to talking about mental problems that suddenly this isn't something you can share with a friend, this is something that you're gonna be judged for, uh, that's an unfortunate side effect of something that's gone wrong with this particular society. And you say mental, you mean I mean emotional. Mental and emotional. All uh, types of. Uh, and I think that uh, I wish I had discovered it earlier and uh, I highly recommend it and you know, I know that for a lot of people cost is an issue and I don't know what the solution is for that. I know at one point we recommended Better Health but then you couldn't recommend Better Health because there was some controversy around the people that, that I don't know even know what the deal was but they're not a sponsor anymore. But I I don't know what the uh, the alternatives are for sort of low cost, uh, you know, mental health mental health help. But I'll just say that um, I think they have clarified
1: their um, the qualifications of the people, and that cleared some things up. And they also refined what t- uh, types of uh, issues that they're tackling. Okay, so, so do, I, do, do I, your I, own research I do on not, that. I, I do not. I'm not going to say that it is an illegitimate resource. Okay. I would encourage. People to check that out on their own, and
0: yeah. uh, So I'm just saying that do your own research to find out where affordable you can get some affordable therapy. But I just I would just say that I believe that it's a priority, and there's probably some things that you're spending money on that may not be as important. And so uh, you know, do what you can to to find that help. All right, it's important.
1: It wasn't a book, it wasn't an album, but that was pretty good.
0: Really. Yeah, pretty good.
1: All right, hashtag Earbiscuits. Keep talking at us, and uh, we always enjoy hearing your feedback. And also, we enjoy hearing if you introduce other people to these conversations. Hey, you should you should check out Earbiscuits. These guys are filling the blank with whatever you think will resonate with them. Make it up if lie you have to, to them if you need
0: to. Just fabricate all marketing. The entire thing. All marketing is lying. So like, just lean into it. Yeah, yeah. Just we yeah. just we, we need it. If you think oh, your if you think your if you think your friend would be more into two women, just say it's two women and they're really funny. Well, whatever. It, it'll take a few episodes for them to figure it out, but hopefully they'll be hooked by then.